Thanks for joining us on Our Father's House's weekly podcast, A Place to Find God. Each week we bring you a sermon from our Sunday services where you can be uplifted and grow in Jesus on the go. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online by going to ofhorangeburg.com. We'd love to get to know you. Now let's get to this week's message. Come on, let's put our hands together for Jesus. And they're all the world, we want all the world to see how great our God is. How great our God is. We serve a great God, amen? And he's a mighty God. I bless the Lord this morning, huh? God is just good. Father, we just continue to bless you. We honor your presence this morning. We know you're here. We feel your presence. We feel your presence and we bless you for it. Move in the service today, Lord, and have your way. Let the word continue to move. And Lord, let the word go forth with clarity under an anointing that breaks and destroys yokes. That we would want to serve you like you deserve to be served. We bless your name this morning. That we would serve you and serve people. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Thank God. Amen, amen, amen. As you be seated, just tell the Lord something good from your heart. Amen. Something good from your heart. Amen. We just praise the Lord this morning for his faithfulness and for what he's doing in our midst. I love the Lord. I just bless God for what he's doing. God is just good. He's smart. He's all wise. He's he's just something else. He's just something else. And I just, he's beyond words that I know. The most, the most, I guess the best word that I can use to describe him is that he's awesome. He's just awesome, and and I, wow, he blows my mind day by day. And I appreciate, God, what he's doing in our lives and how he's bringing us into fellowship with him. He's bringing us into a deeper fellowship with him. And this fellowship that he's offering us is for every child of God. Actually, it's for every person in the whole world. Because the, the, because, I say that because Jesus came for whosoever. Mm-hmm. So whoever it is in the world who accepts him, who chooses to accept him, that we can enter into sweet fellowship with him. I want to go into the lesson quickly because I have a long way to go this morning, a long way to go. And um, I'm going to see how the Lord takes us. The subject of this lesson this morning is we need God's glory in the temple. Amen. We need God's glory in the temple. As you all know, <clears throat> I like history. I've told you that before. I like history. I like biblical history. I like um, history. I like United States history. I like world history. I love history. I love one thing I've learned, I've found out in life is that you learn from the past so that you don't make the same mistakes. We don't make the same mistakes that were made in the past. Some people try to erase history or act like things didn't happen or happen or even we do that ourselves sometimes. We don't even want to think of mistakes that we made because some of us, we may still be ashamed of them or whatever. But, but I'll say this in God, God even removes the shame of our past. Let me say it that way. But I, I really want us to see that this morning I really want us to go down to look back at some history, some biblical history. 
I know this is not a classroom, but it will, it'll, I prayerfully, by the help of the Lord, it will come together inside of where God wants us to go today and what, what he wants us to learn today. Let's look at 1 Corinthians, the third chapter. And I want us to look at the 16th and the 17th verses. This is our, our foundational scripture. This is the, our, our text today. And we're going to come here. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Let's read that together. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. The temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. I want, like I said, I want to go back to some biblical history. And a lot of things I'm sure you probably already know, and many of you can probably know them more than I do, better than I. But I just want to kind of refresh us on some things this morning. Remember when Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt into the promised land, God gave him a pattern, a pattern as to how to build a tabernacle in the wilderness. Now, the tabernacle was designed where there was what they call the outer court. Let me just kind of describe this tabernacle a little bit. It was, there was a tent all the way around it. And then when you go into the tent, you go into the first place, that, this was called the outer court. Anybody could go into the outer court. But then, and, and on the outer court, they, they, and I'm not going to go into all of that was there, because I've got, like I said, I have a ways to go. But people went into the outer court. They made sacrifices here. The priests were there. The people would bring their sacrifices. Sacrifices were killed, offered to the Lord. Then there was the inner court. In the inner court, only the priests could go there. And then the, then the third stage, that was the holiest place, the, or the most holy place. And only the high priest could go there. In this most holy place, God gave, told uh, Moses to design, a, um, to build rather, what was called the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was really, it was like a, um, I don't want to just call it a box, but it was like a box. But it was overlaid in gold. On the top of the, the Ark of the Covenant, there was something called the Mercy Seat. And in the Ark of the Covenant, it was a chest. That's what it was like, a chest. Thank you, Lord. And in the Ark of the Covenant, there was Aaron's rod that budded. If you remember when he, when he was before Pharaoh, his rod budded. And again, I'm going quickly here. We have to go back and read the story. Um, Aaron's rod that budded. Not only was Aaron's rod that budded was there, but the, the, the Ten Commandments were there. That we remember, and the Bible said that the Ten Commandments were written by the finger of God. They were inside of the Ark of the Covenant. And also there, remember in the Old Testament too, when the children of Israel wanted food, they asked for, um, and God sent them manna from Ohio. He sent a manna. So in, also inside of the, the, the uh, Ark of the Covenant, there was a vessel there, a dish there, and it had manna in the Ark. 
So these things were in the ark, but remember on top there was the mercy seat. Every year when the priest would go into the, once a year, when the priest would take the, their, their, go into the Holy of Holies, they would go before the mercy seat and ask for forgiveness for the people's sin and the presence of the Lord would come down. God's presence would come down inside of the Holy of Holies. And if the priest had gone in, if he, when he went in and he was not holy, he wasn't clean, they, he had a rope around him and bells on the end of his garment. And if the bells stopped moving, they had to pull him out because he wasn't clean to come into the presence of the Lord. That was the, and so I just briefly, briefly described the Ark of the Covenant. But that was the tabernacle in the wilderness. And for years and years, now remember the time, there's a long time, hundreds of years from when the children of Israel it were in the, in the wilderness, when they first came into the promised land, until King David. Now David, David, he loved the Lord. And he saw that, he, it, it, it's like he observed one day that the, the Ark of the Covenant was in a tent while they, while he as king of Israel dwelled in a house. And he wanted to build God a house to howl, build a house for God that would house the Ark of the Covenant. I want to go back to, and, and remember too, that that tabernacle in the wilderness and the Ark of the Covenant, what it did was it showed, it, it was like a point of reference for the people that they would, that's where God would come down and tabernacle with them. Mm -hmm. All right, yeah. They, the children of Israel were God's people in the earth. God did not give the pattern to anybody else but the children of Israel. Mm -hmm. So remember this tabernacle, this Ark of the Covenant, was the place, what was, what was representative rather, of God's presence. Mm -hmm. The presence of God. So now here David wants to build a house that would, would house the Ark of the Covenant that represented the presence of the Lord. Now, God told David, said, no, 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 no. You can't do that because you are a man of war. You have blood on your hands. He said, but I'm going to raise up one of, I'm going to raise up your son, one of your sons, and he's going to build me a house. Are you following me this morning? He's going to build my house. So what David did, David was a wise king and he loved the Lord. David prepared everything that Solomon, his son, would need in order to build the, king, the temple. Gold beyond measure. Mm -hmm. Silver beyond measure. Brass beyond measure. He had vessels sanctified and dedicated to the Lord. When I say vessels, emblems and cups and charters. <clears throat> and charters and whatever else was going to be needed in order for the house of the Lord to be built. So David had all of these things laid up. So when David dies, Solomon takes his place as king. And Solomon, and David also told Solomon about the plan. He told him what was there to build the ark of the Lord. I'm going somewhere here. Just bear with me here. All right, but now Solomon becomes king. Solomon becomes king. And <laughs> Solomon builds the temple. And when I tell you, if you go and read up on the temple that Solomon built, it was something glorious. 
It was magnificent. Yes, yes. Nothing like it anywhere. Gold everywhere. Gold everywhere. Silver places and everything was worthy of, well, when I say worthy, let me say this. It was as best as he could do to honor God. Because right. there's nothing natural that's worthy of God. Are we understanding? The temple took seven years to build and it was indeed an amazing feat. And I want us to look in, in 2 Chronicles 5. We're not going to go there because I just want to kind of, of, of give you a brief synopsis of what happened. When Solomon finished the temple, he, what he did, he gathered all the nations and the, the, the nation's leaders rather into Jerusalem so that the Ark of the Covenant could be brought up. Now, and placed inside of what? The Holy of Holies. Now, the elders came. All these elders came from all over, the, all over Jerusalem. And the Levites. The Levites were the priests. Now, the Levites were the only ones who could handle, or not when I say handle, they couldn't even touch it. But they were the only ones who could carry the Ark of the Covenant. It had rings on each side, and they were supposed to put poles inside of it, and they were only supposed to touch the poles. Because as one person did, I think it was Uzziah, Uzziah he touched it, it was going to fall. They were transporting it in David's day. They were transporting it. Mm. I don't, oh, y'all, I, I tell you, so much is coming back to, they were transporting it one day, and the cart tipped. And he just stopped, tried to steady it to keep it from falling, but because God said, don't touch it. Because it represented him. He died. So what in that time, what David did, rather than go ahead, because David was bringing it back to Jerusalem. So rather than David bringing it back, because he said, well, goodness, if God's going to kill him for that, no telling what would happen, what else may happen. So David left the ark. This is not in my notes, but this is just a little sidebar here. David, they took the ark of the covenant that represented the presence of the God of the Lord down to a man's house named Obedidim, Obedidim. And when they took it down to Obedidim's house, they left it there for a couple of years and Obedidim's life was blessed. When we're in the, his home was blessed. His family was blessed. When we, this just is to say, when we're in the presence of the Lord, when we're in the raw, pre, the presence of the real God, Stuff happens. We can't help but be blessed. But now here we are. They're gathering. They're got, got, the temple is finished. Solomon and all the congregation of Israel were there. And they sacrificed thousands upon thousands. The Bible said it couldn't even have been counted. Oxen. They, there was no number for it. Thousands and thousands of sheep and oxen unto the Lord. And the priests took the Ark of the Covenant into the Holy most holy place, the holiest of holies, and sat it in its place. Mm -hmm. And there were singers who played instruments there, praising God and singing on one accord. Mm -hmm. Remember that. They were praising the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endures forever. And as they were singing and praising God, there was a cloud that filled the house. The cloud, it was the glory cloud. It was the glory of the Lord that filled the house. Lord, we need your glory in the temple. Uh -huh. 
The glory cloud was so strong that the priest couldn't even stand to minister. And, and they, 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 they were there, but they couldn't even withstand the presence of the Lord. My Lord. And then if you look in 2 Chronicles 6, Solomon declared, and read these whole chapters when you get home. In 2 Chronicles 6, Solomon declared that it was God. This is Solomon up talking to the people now. That it was God who had brought the people out of Israel. He acknowledged who God was and he acknowledged how God had blessed them. And he acknowledged how God had chosen David to be the ruler over Israel. And then he further told the people that God had placed him in, in, in place to rule and had provided for him to build the house. That's important. Because it's not just saying what happened. But it is regardless, of, and this is a lesson that we can extract from that alone. It is nothing that we do of our own power. Mm -hmm. If we go to school and get a good job in the field that you studied and you came out summa cum laude, doesn't matter. It was nothing but God's goodness that caused us to be able to study. I have a, 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 a friend in, in Florida. Last week, her daughter was just driving. She was just driving. And she swerved the car to miss an animal in the road, and the car flipped and flipped. She came. Now, God is good now. One arm was left arm completely detached. They were able to put it back, put a plate in, and they don't think she's going to lose it. And the other arm, they had to put 16 staples in it to keep her from bleeding out on the spot. No, no pain medication, on the spot. They gave her some, but it hadn't taken place because it was, it was, she was bleeding too quickly. She came home yesterday, though. This was last Sunday. Yesterday, she came home from the hospital. God is an awesome God. I said that to say this. I say that to say this. It, it could be like this. This quick. And our lives change. That's why we have to be so grateful for God. We have to be so mindful that it's not our goodness. It's nothing that we can do on our best day. You can wear a St. John suit. Louis Vuitton shoes. Gucci bag. Best cologne you can have. And it's still not good enough to declare us righteous for God. Just because when we get up in the morning, you're a driver. When you leave home in the morning, I know you've told me you do it. It's God's mercy that we get home safe. It's God's mercy that we get home safely. So Solomon here is acknowledging it was you, God. Who allowed me to build this house for you. Hallelujah Jesus. It's noteworthy also that he specifically mentioned as he was talking to the people. That he had put the Ark of the Covenant. Remember it represents the presence of God. It's where God came down. The Ark of the Covenant to the temple. And he made sure the people knew that the Ark of the Covenant was there inside of the temple. Hallelujah. Then Solomon, the king, 
the king knelt down and started to pray. And that prayer, I, 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 I don't have time to go through the whole thing, but some things just stood out. He asked for mercy for the people if they sinned. He asked that if the heavens were shut up and there was no rain because of sin, if God, if we turn to you, would you forgive us? He asked that even if strangers prayed and they were in the land, that God would hear their prayer. So he wasn't just church praying for his folks. In other words, we're not just praying for our father's house and our families. We're praying for other folks. It's our responsibility to pray for other folks. Not just me and mine and me and, it, me and Bishop Happy and our, our children and, and our two grandchildren. We all just, wee, 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 wee. No. It's our responsibility not only to pray for this church, but pray for other churches. It's our responsibility to pray for our family, yes. But it's my responsib our responsibility also to pray for other folks' family. That's not just us it's because we're pastors. The body of Christ, the children of God have responsibility yes. to others yes. to pray for them too. He prayed for strangers. He prayed for mercy. He said he prayed if there was pestilence in the land, God, if we repent, you'll forgive us. You know what Solomon even prayed? He didn't realize he was praying prophetic, but he prayed. He said, if we go off. We get off course with you, and if we sin, and we get carried, the people we, we the people get carried away in a foreign land. If they eat, if they repent, that you'll restore us. Yes. Let me yes. tell you, prayer works. Second Chronicles seven then says, when Pro Solomon finished praying, mm -hmm. when he finished praying, fire came down from heaven, My Lord. and it consumed offering and the sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord filled the house. It filled it so much so that the priest couldn't even go back into the temple. Because the glory was so strong. The priest couldn't even go back in. All the children of Israel saw that fire come down. And saw the glory upon the temple. And what did they all do? They bowed down their faces to the ground. And worshipped and praised God. We need God's glory. Help us here Lord. Then Solomon wasn't even finished sacrificing then. Then he and the people offered another 20 and two, 22,000 oxen and, an, and another 120,000 sheep. They made sacrifice. They honored God. Mm -hmm. They honored God. And I'm saying this because I said this from the beginning. Let's learn from history. Uh -huh. I'm just giving a history lesson here. I want us to see if we do certain things. The way it was done before, we get the same results. If I cook cornbread dressing the way my mother cooked cornbread dressing, 
it'll taste just like hers. Mm -hmm. If I bake a red velvet cake the way my cousin Carol bakes a red velvet cake, she doesn't put cocoa powder or chocolate in it. But now I may decide, oh, I think I want to put some chocolate in it. I want to do it a little different. Mm -hmm. It won't taste like Carol's red velvet cake. But if I do it by the same, the same way, I will get the same results. I want to look at something here. Let's look at what they did. They followed God's plan. See, because this temple that Solomon built was built on the same order as the tabernacle in the wilderness which was three parts, the outer court, the inner court, and the most holy place. And this was built on the pattern of the tabernacle that's in heaven. They followed God's plan. They obeyed God. He called for them to come, and they came. They sacrificed their time and what they had to the Lord. This is important. Remember when I told you, and I asked you to remember this, he said that when the singers and the minstrels were there, they ministered as one. Mm -hmm. And that was for us. I took that for praise and worship. We have to minister as one. Mm -hmm. They ministered unto the Lord. They praised God. They honored God. They humbled themselves before God. They prayed. They praised. They reverenced the presence of God. And what happened? God showed up. Let's learn that. Let me go back. I don't want to get ahead of myself here. Help me here, Holy Ghost. God told Solomon later in a dream that, well, that night, visited Solomon and he told him, he said, I'll let your name, this, your kingdom be established forever if you obey me. And I'm paraphrasing. He said, but if you don't obey me, Israel become a laughingstock before the people. He said, but if, you, if the kingdom sins, I'll bring it down to nothing. So said, so done. That temple, Solomon's temple stood for 410 years. But in that time, back even while Solomon was still king, yes, he, yes. He, he started worshiping idol gods. Yes. And if you look at the different kings after, after, after Solomon, there's one, I think it was Jeroboam. He said, the Bible says this of him. It says, and Jeroboam made the people to sin. And then when other kings down further years, years, years later, when they did evil in the sight of the Lord, the Bible references them as, and they did evil in the sight of the Lord as King Jeroboam. Mm, That's not a good reference. What is our testimony that the Lord has for us? What are we showing people? Is the Lord's testimony that Sharon Nett is sinning like Carlene is sinning? Mm -hmm. 
how we understand. Or is the testimony, Sharon Nett wants to be holy like Carlene is being holy. God help us here. That temple stood for 410 years, but because of the people's disobedience, God, God as he told Solomon he was going to do, allowed the Babylonians. And I think Jeremiah also, also prophesied it years later after Solomon that, Jer that the Babylonians were going to come and take them captive. Yes. Yes. They destroyed the temple. They destroyed the temple. They made the king, the, the, the king then, sit and watch the people, watch them put, kill his sons before him and then put out his eyes. Can you imagine the last thing you see in your life is seeing your children die? And then what they did, they burned all the affluent people's home. I want to see, I want you to see this. They burned all, all of their homes because what they were trying, and then they burned the temple. They took out everything that was good. Took out all the gold and all the silver and all the, 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 the oh God, help me here. Y'all, I declare. They took out all of the stuff, all the good stuff. Let me say it that way. All those gold cups and everything. And, and, and. When they took them out, then they burned the temple. But these things had been dedicated to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And since they had been dedicated to the Lord, they belonged. To God. Remember, remember, let me fast forward a little bit. Oh, goodness. How much? Let me fast forward just a little bit. Remember in, in Daniel where Belteshazzar was having a party that night? Remember that? And Belteshazzar, he said, go in there. Now, he's down in Babylon, king down there in Babylon. He said, go in there and get the, those golden cups and things, the chalices and whatever. Go get those things that we, that, that we brought down from the house of the Lord. And then when they start drinking out of things and partying over with things that but from the house of the Lord that had been dedicated to God, what happened? Many, the, remember the hand came out of the wall and wrote, came out of nowhere and wrote on the wall, many, many, TKL, you Farson. And it said, today you're numbered. Your king is numbered. And he lost his life that night. Because those things, even though they were no longer in the temple, they were still dedicated to the Lord. Honor the things of God. Honor the things of God. Yes. Hallelujah. Just let me go on here. Help me here, Holy Ghost. After they took the, the, the more, they took the most affluent people down into Babylon. Now, this hence we get the Daniels, the Shadrachs, the Meshachs, the Abednegoes. We get all of them down in Babylon because now these were, they were under Nebuchadnezzar. These were the, some of the affluent people. But he left the poor people there to dress the garden, dress the fields and, and, and work in the fields. And the Bible said, I mean, the history says this. It's not sure if they had the Torah, the T-O-R-H, the, the Jewish Bible with them. They, they're not sure if it was already written or whatever. But they were, there were those who remembered, who remembered the things of God. They remembered the word of God. They remembered what the Lord had spoken. Help me here, Holy Ghost. 
Hallelujah. Because remember, the, the Lord had told them, boy, God is smart. He told them years, years, years ago, write the words. Remember the word. Write them on your foreheads. Write them above the doorpost. Talk about it over the, over the dinner. So these were their traditions. And even though the enemy had tried to come and squash out everything about God and all about their ways, that word was still in their heart. So now, 70 years later, they came back. There was a king who rose up, who was favorable to him, King Darius. And he, when he came into power, because Darius was Persia, they came in and conquered, they conquered Babylon. So when he comes to the power, he said, well, some of y'all, y'all want to go, but they got permission. They can go back down and start to rebuild the temple of God. They rebuild it. And I'm fast forwarding here. And this is where, when they were rebuilding, people gave them opposition. Some folks went and told Darius, if you let these people do this, they're not going to pray tribute to you. They're not going to like you anymore. People will lie on you when you're doing the work of the Lord. And what Darius did, he stopped the work. The work stopped. I mean, it stopped for years. And then God rose, raised up someone named Zerubbabel. And Zerubbabel. This is where we get the scripture in Zechariah 4 and 6, where it says, Then he answered and spake unto me, this is Zechariah saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel. Mm -hmm. And what was the word of the Lord in Zechariah 4 and 6? Not by might, we say it all the time, not nor by power, but by my spirit, Says the Lord. This is what was. This is the. This is the context in which that scripture is spoken. Even though there's opposition, you're not gonna have to fight. It was during that time, rather. What's gonna be done is gonna be done by me. Another king rose up years later, and he helped them. This is King Darius. And he aided and then told the Jews that any of you who want to go back to Jerusalem, y'all can go back. If you want to go, you can. If you don't. So they, some of them went back to Jerusalem. This new temple that they built, the temple was finished. So this new temple that they built, it was not as grand as Solomon's temple. It wasn't gold because they didn't have all that gold anymore. It wasn't that grand, but it was still a place where God was. And what was missed, what, no, it was a place that represented God's presence in the earth. What was missing there, however, the Ark of the Covenant wasn't there. But the people would still go there to sacrifice. They would still go there to worship. But that glory cloud that Solomon had experienced wasn't there. Let me go on. Well, I'm going to have to fast forward here. I'm going to have to fast forward. Help me here, Holy Ghost. There were people who complained. I hope you're following me. There are people who complained. But the temple was completed. And again, the temple was the center of worship for the Jewish people. It was the simple of the, the, the center rather of worship for the Jewish people. And if you remember now, this is the same temple. Later on, King Herod added on to the temple. I mean, he made it huge and splendid. Splendid. But 
This was the same temple that went anywhere in the New Testament now where you hear and, and hear about um, Jesus going into the temple. Or you remember you heard about, um, who was it, uh, Anna, the prophetess Anna, who was waiting on the consolation of the Lord. How that, help me here, how that um, she was, and she waited in the temple mm -hmm. all these years, waiting for the Lord to come, waiting on Jesus. Any references in the temple, of, to the temple, is the same temple that they rebuilt way back there, that, but Herod had added on to. Mm -hmm. Okay? Now, fast forward. <laughs> This temple was destroyed. This, I'm, I'm saying all this. I'm going somewhere. I am going somewhere. It takes me a while to get there, but praise the Lord. This temple was destroyed later by the Romans. That same huge temple was destroyed again. Now, we're in a new dispensation. Both of those temples were made in that dispensation. What is a dispensation? A dispensation is how God moves and deals with people within a certain time period. We're now in the dispensation of the moving of the Holy Ghost. We're in the dispensation of the moving of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost has come. This now brings us to our scripture, our reference scripture, where it says in 1 Corinthians 3 and 13, no, this is Paul talking to the church there at Corinth, no, and I'm saying this to us today, know ye not that your body, that ye rather, are the temple of the whole of God and that the spirit of God dwelleth in you? Don't you know that we are the temple of God and his spirit dwells in us? I want us to see this. We're now living in a time where the temple where God is living right now is not made with brick and stone. This temple that, we're li that, that where God dwells now is not lined with, 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 with gold. It's not lined with gold and they're golden cups and it's not that. But the temple where God dwells now is he dwells in us. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Just like the temple in the Old Testament was the reference point where people could see that God was dwelling with the children of Israel. We now are the reference point where people can see that God is dwelling with man. I understand now even more 
where the scripture says in Matthew 5, where it says this, let your light so shine. It says first, ye are the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hid. Because we are the temple of God in the earth now. And not only just individually, but the body of Christ worldwide. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Then he said this. This is Jesus talking. He said, Let, we've heard this over and over. You probably can quote it. Let your light so shine that ye may see your good works, that they may see your good works and glorify God that was in heaven. Remember when they built the temple. When they built that temple, they followed God's plan. In other words, they followed the word of the Lord that God, that God had given, the instructions that God had given Moses. They, they obeyed the leading of the Lord. They sacrificed their time and they gave of their substance. They were all, they were on one accord. The people were on one accord. They had one mind to do one thing. And that was to honor God. They humbled themselves before the Lord. They prayed. They praised and they worshiped. They reverenced God in their daily lives. They reverenced God. They reverenced him. Let me interject this. How did he shut up? When we start a new day, when we open our eyes in the morning, we need to get up referencing God, reverencing him, acknowledge his presence. It wasn't us that got us, that got us up. I've known people, I know people, all they could, I knew no people, all they could do was open their eyes, but they never were able to get out of bed. It's God's goodness that he has blessed us to be a temple where he dwells. Mm -hmm. And he's not just in us for nothing. He didn't just come to us and and, and fill us with himself Mm -hmm. just to make our lives better. Just so that we could stop sinning. But he came in. That we can be a reference point to folks in darkness. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are difference makers. Let's, and I'm saying this as a challenge to us. Each one of us, let's look at the difference that God has made in our lives. Look at where we used to be and where we are now. Look at what God has taught us about his word and, 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 and how he's changed some situations in our lives. We may think we did it, but it was God. It was God who turned some things around. It was God who changed us. 
It was God who kept us. It was God. All along the way, all along my life, stuff happened. Things have happened in my life that made me cry. Cry hard tears. But all along the way, I look. If I look at the things that have happened and I see, and I accepted the Lord from a young age, but God still allowed stuff to happen. Discouragements came. Did I always obey God? No. Some things happened because of my own choices. But did, was God still there? Was he still good? Has he still held me close? Has he restored me when I wanted to give up? When I was going to walk away and had planned, I'm leaving the church tomorrow. <laughs> I was going to go to a church service that night. And I said, I'm going to leave tomorrow. So now, <laughs> but still, that night he met me. That night he met me. It's not, it has not been by my might. It has not been by my power. But it's by the spirit of God. And God has called every one of us to purpose. He put his name on the children of Israel. He's put his name. He put his hands on a Kofi. He put his names on a Joyce. He put his name on a, on a, on a Simone. He's put his hands on us. He put his, uh, his name in our lives. He put us, his spirit rather in our lives. We are the temple of God. And when we show up, God shows up. When we get there, God, I'm not saying he wasn't there before, but we know we're carrying the power of God. Let me interject this. The enemy, it's the enemy's purpose to stop us. To stop us. Demons are real. Demons are real. But with who we have on the inside and the power that we have on the inside, we've got to know we're, we have greater power inside of us than any power of the devil. Yes. Yes. Uh -huh. Which now means we don't walk in fear. We don't fear the devil. Those people who were talking and, and, and the naysayers and, and the this and the that. And even they came against, people came against them to stop the work on the second temple. But the Lord had said it was going to happen. Mm -hmm. And they rested and trusted the Lord. The Lord blessed them by a mighty hand. He blessed them by a mighty hand. And I want to encourage us this morning. I don't care what you're facing in your life. There are things that where we know there are things that God has said about you. And things he said about your children or things he said about your family. You cannot die. 
until those things come to pass. Let me say it again. Can't go nowhere. Can't go nowhere until those things that God has said comes to pass. Because God is not a man that he should lie. Nor is he the son of man that he should repent. If he spoke it, just as sure as day follows night and night follows day, it will come to pass. So my hope now is what? Built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. It doesn't matter how it looks. It doesn't matter how it feels. It doesn't matter how my body feels. I know I'm not going nowhere until the things that God has spoken comes to pass in my life. We got to believe that. It doesn't matter how the enemy huffs and puffs. It doesn't matter what the devil says. But every word that God has spoken will come to pass. If we want the glory of God in the temple, follow the pattern. Obey what he said. Obey what God says. Do it the way God said it was supposed to be done. Do it the way God said it. Live your life how God says we're supposed to live. He wants us to be holy. He wants us to be holy. Don't compare your lifestyle to nobody else's. Mm -hmm. Compare your life to what God is saying. Amen. Obey what God has said to do. Do it God's way. Yes, yes. Give God of yourself. Mm -hmm. Give God of your time. Give God of yourself. And of your time. Hallelujah, Jesus. We must be on one accord. Follow what God says. Follow what he says. Do it God's way. If I do it, let me show you something. Bishop, would you come here a minute? Just come stand here with me a minute. If Remember the, remember the three-sack race? Y'all remember that? Y'all, I don't know, Jamaicans, I don't know if y'all remember that, know that. But, y'all know three-sack race. I don't know if you know what you know or don't know. Just bear with me here. Tie, you tie the leg together, and you run. Nope, this one tied together. See? That's just what happens. But anyway, we'll go back there a minute. Come back someday. Okay, you see here? We're going to start with the outside leg. We're going to go... Hmm. Hmm. We need a real tie here. We see that, don't we? Okay, ready? Hmm. Hmm. Okay. But y'all understand. But it works better when we work together. Mm-hmm. Now come back. Now we gonna that's that's the way it's not gonna work good. Ready? When I say hmm, we're gonna do the outside leg, then I'm gonna say hmm, then we're gonna do the inside leg. Okay. Okay. Hmm. 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 That's it. That's wait, 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 wait. That's how it is and how it should be 
with the body of Christ. Come back. But this is what we do sometimes. Hmm. Hmm. And we're supposed to be walking on one accord. Hmm. Hmm. And that's what we do. But we seemingly think we're going in the same direction. The work will be accomplished. Thank you, Bishop. The work will be accomplished when we work together. When, remember, remember, remember the Tower of Babel. The Bible said that the Lord looked down. They were building this tower up into heaven. And the Lord looked down and said, if we don't stop them, they'll build a tower to, where, to heaven. Because the people were what? On one accord. We've got to purpose in our heart that we are all going to be holy. We have to purpose in our heart that we are going to be a people of prayer. We're going to live a holy lifestyle. We're not going to condemn each, any of us if any of us falls or if any of us disobey. That's not it. Because we have an advocate with the Father. But the first lifestyle is let's purpose to be holy. Because there is nothing that the Lord will withhold from us. And when I'm not talking about this, I'm not talking about money and things and stuff. I'm talking about where revival will come. The people will see the glory of God. God's presence will fill this temple. Lives will be changed. Hearts will be changed. People's lives will change. Revival will come. Revival will come because the presence of the Lord will be seen through the lives of his people. Our homes will change. Our lives will change. Wherever you work, wherever you go, you take the glory with you. And we won't be so afraid and, and, and to use a Jamaican term, finky finky when it comes down to witnessing. We won't be so afraid to, to share the goodness of God because we'll know who we are in God. And we won't, we won't be afraid to wonder not whether or not God's going to use me today. Or did I pray enough? But we will know we're living in the presence of the Lord. Let's everyone stand. Hallelujah, Jesus. We need the glory of God. How many of you want God's glory to shine through your lives? I want, I want God, my life to honor God. I want it to be so that when I walk in a room, people feel God. Not to say anything about, they don't have to know my name. That, that, that's not important. But I want people to know God. I want his glory to be so much so in my life that souls will be saved. Remember, remember, remember uh, who was it? Peter and John were on their way to the temple. And as they were going into the temple, the man, they were going there and the man was sitting at the gate beautiful, at the beautiful gate. And he was asking for all that. They said, I don't have any money 
But what I have, I can give that to you. What were they giving him? But they were giving him of the Lord. They were giving him of what they were impacted with. The man was healed because of the glory, because of the presence of God that was on the inside of them. God, let your glory fill this temple. Come on, let's lift those hands. If that's your desire, God, let your glory fill this temple. I want you, God, more than ever before. I keep hearing that a revival is coming. The preachers keep hearing. I hear it on the radio, hear it on the TV. If I'm listening to the TV, if I'm listening to, to gospel, I mean Christian channels, they're saying a revival is coming. Lord, I want your glory. I want to be a part. Let that revival start with me. Let it start in me. Anything you see in me that's not like you, help me. Help me. Anything, God, in me that's not like you. Forgive me. And I'm, I'm not saying that we have to time prayer. But God bring me into a prayer life. Where I know I can come and talk to you about anything. And expect something to happen. Help me today God. Because I need your I want to serve you like never before. I want to be able to lay hands on the sick and they recover. Not because of my name, but simply because people need you, God. Help us today, Lord. Help us. Help us. Souls that aren't saved who need you. I'm able, you'll give me a word, a right now word in season, and I'm able to speak that word. Hear the shot. And somebody's heart receives hope. You're able to love through me. Where I'm even, oh God, help us. Help us today, Lord. Where I'm even able just simply to share a kind word to somebody who needs it. Because we don't know, we know, but God knows what they need. So God, help me today. Help me. Help me. We need God to help us. And it's not, this is not a beat up on us message. That's not where I am. And I trust we're encouraged today to not stop until the glory fills the temple. Holy God, we bless you. God, I want you to completely take over my life. The way that you fill David's temple, Solomon's temple. The way you fill Solomon's temple, fill me. You said we the temple now. So fill me with yourself. I sacrifice my, I, Romans 12 and 1 tells us that we can present our, our bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy, 
and acceptable unto God. And that's just our reasonable service. So here I am, God. Help me. I give myself to you. I give myself to you. You walk this earth through me. You walk the earth through me. You speak through me. You see through me. Here I am, God. A yielded vessel to be your temple. Father, do it in us today. Every heart that's yielded to you, meet us at the point of our need. We're giving it to you right now, oh God. We give ourselves to you afresh. We sacrifice ourselves. And God, we will obey. You speak. And we'll obey. We walk humbly before you. So that if we have to, if, if we do anything that we shouldn't do, we'll repent quickly. But God, teach us to fall in love with you. Even more. Draw us closer to you. This is our heart's desire. This is our heart's desire. And we believe you for it and we bless you. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Those of you who are online, we bless the Lord for you. Right there where you are too. Just lift those hands. Even those of you online, those of you in the house, lift those hands before him. And tell him, so Lord, I yield myself to you afresh. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes, Lord. I learned from what happened before. I learned from the past, God, what I've done before and where I may have fallen before. But right now, God, I yield myself to you. Help me not to go back and make the same mistakes that I've made before. Help me be strengthened with might in the inner man. Help me to comprehend your love for me. And we just believe you for it. We declare and decree it is so. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Come on, let's put those hands together and bless him. Those of you online, put your hands together too. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. You may be seated in his presence. God loves you. God loves us more than we know. More than we know. And he wants to use, just imagine, the God of the universe wants to tabernacle in us. Some of us don't see that we're more valued than gold and silver. We don't see our value and our worth. We don't see our value. God, God, God wants to tabernacle in us. He didn't say he wanted them to rebuild another temple with gold and silver. He said we're the temples of the Holy Ghost. And he wants us to fellowship with him when? Daily in the temple. Daily in the temple. Amen. Bless the Lord. God is good. Don't you love the Lord this morning? God bless you. Don't you love the Lord this morning? For some people, some here, give him another yes. 
Just give him another yes from your heart. Doesn't mean you gotta go and work your way back up into God. That's not how this thing works. God deals with heart. God deals with heart. And as he's dealing with our heart, as he deals with our heart, all he's simply saying, get up. Wanna go? Wanna come with me? Come on, let's go. We've learned some lessons from our failures. We've learned lessons from our faults. So let's not do those things again. But let's get up. Be strong in the Lord. He's making us and molding us day by day. The more we yield to him, the more he'll use us. I bless the Lord for you today. Amen. Are you blessed today? Are we learning this morning? God bless you. God bless you. We know that you were blessed by today's message. We have to not only be listeners of the word of God, but also doers. To find out what your next steps may be, simply go to ofhorangeburg.com forward slash next. Come again next week where we will make sure you have a place to find God.